Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. There's been a huge rise in people living together. Uh, we call that shacking up in old school. You know what I'm talking about? Shacking up, okay? People living together. Or politically correct, domestic partners. Domestic partnership. There's a huge rise in that. In the 1960s, one out of every ten couples lived together. Today, six out of every ten couples live together. More than half of the couples today decide not to get married because, listen, that tells us, and doesn't it tell us something about our our culture? It does. It tells us biblical values like dedication and commitment and integrity are going downhill fast. And it also tells us that many people are uncommitted, undedicated, and just flaky. So the question is, why do people decide to live together? Well, I've heard all of the reasons why people decide to live together. I've heard people tell me that they uh, decide to live together because of financial reasons. Um, You know, it's cheaper to split the rent 50-50, whatever, financial reasons. Or one person told me they wanted to live together because they were afraid of the dark. And uh, they didn't want to, they were scared of the dark, and they didn't want to be alone. I'm like, okay, wink, wink, all right. I've heard all the reasons why people say they don't want to live together. Truth is, many want the benefits without the commitment. That's the truth. Many want the benefits without the commitment. And if things don't work out sooner or later, by the way, if you're living together, listen to me, this is a freebie. Sooner or later, if you're living together, Sooner or later, it's not going to work out. Why? Because there is no commitment. And when there is no commitment, then it's easy to walk out. Where am I saying that? It's easy, it's easy to walk out. There's no commitment. Well, then as soon as you get in the fight, well, I'm out of here. Well, I'm out of here. That's how it happens because there's no commitment. And then it's easy because in, you know, if you file for it, there's no need to file for a divorce. There's no paperwork, no fuss, no muss, no expense, nothing. It's easy. Let me tell you something. There are millions of Christians who attend church but are not committed members of the local church. I'm not talking about membership because we don't have membership here at Calvary Chapel. Did you know? We don't have membership here at Calvary Chapel. Honestly, I think that, uh, one, I don't see membership in the scriptures. Um, I also uh, feel that... um, the church should be a place where people willingly want to be. And they desire to come to this place to be ministered to from this ministry platform. And there's no need to sign up on the roll. 
There's no need to write down your name and, and you know, you sign on the dotted line that you belong to me. Or you belong to this church. I mean, I've received letters from people who, like, have membership at the church. And when you leave, and y'all know what I'm talking about, when you leave, you have to get a letter of release, I guess. A letter of release. So people come to me and they go, Pastor Rodney, I'm just letting you know that I'm attending Calvary Chapel now. And here's my letter from my previous church. And, um, and I just want you to know I'm here. And I thank you very much. I appreciate that. And welcome and so on and so forth. As soon as they walk out the door, bzzz, <laughs> that's the shredder. What am I going to do with it? You don't need membership. I'm a, listen, if you are not a member of the body of Christ and you are not a born again, baptized believer in Jesus Christ, then you can't be a member of the church because being a member of the church means that you're a Christian. And we're talking about the universal church made up of all believers. Everybody who's put their faith in Jesus Christ, you already are a member if you're a believer. No need to sign up on the roll. So I'm not talking about membership. I'm not talking about membership. I'm talking about commitment. There's your word for today. Commitment. Commitment. Millions of Christians want to live with the church, but they don't want to get married to the church. They want the benefits like hearing the word of God and worship and and have a pastor. If they die, somebody to bury them and. You know, if uh, you need marriage counsel, uh, you can go to the pastor and there's a pastor there to pray with them, maybe at the hospital or something. But 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 they don't want the responsibilities or the commitment that comes along with uh, being a part of a church, like serving faithfully and giving financially. They don't want commitment, commitment. To the local church means sacrifice. It means time. It means energy, whether you feel like it or not, saints. Point number one, and then we're done. Committed to practice the one another's in the local church. Let me just say two things here. Number one, the local church is the only hope for the world. Can I get two people to say amen? The local church. I'll wait while you clap your hands there. I really believe that. I really believe that the local church is the only hope for the world. And secondly, the local church is a part of your spiritual growth. It's the hope of the world because the church is a steward of the transforming word of God. God has entrusted this book. Hear me. God has entrusted this book to somebody like me. And you Amen. <laughs> to tell people of the goodness of God and to share the word of God and to open up this holy book and tell people of, 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 of Jesus who loved them and died for them. We are the stewards. And I use these words very specifically. We are the stewards of the transforming power of the word of God. And that's a huge responsibility. It's the hope of the world. Somebody once said, there's nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. It comforts the grieving and heals the brokenhearted. It builds bridges and opens arms to the forgotten, downtrodden, and disillusioned. It breaks the chains of addictions and frees the oppressed and offers belonging and fellowship to the marginalized of the world. The church 
is a part of your spiritual growth. Not only is it the hope of the world, but it's the part of your spiritual growth. Uh, we've all heard people say, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Well, listen, that's true, but that's not God's plan. It's God's plan that you go to church. Somebody say amen. And that you grow spiritually in the church. It's the job of the minister or the pastor to plant the seed of the word of God by teaching the word. A pastor is a seed caster. A pastor, the seed is the word of God. So each and every Sunday, each and every Wednesday, my job is to take the word of God and throw it. And it's the job of the Holy Spirit to take the seed of the word of God and plant it in each individual heart and water it. And that's why a vast audience like this can hear the same message and walk away with something completely different. Because it's the Holy Spirit. Are y'all, y'all awake? Y'all all right? Y'all stayed up too late last night? I'm the one who got three hours sleep and I'm wide open. Amen. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to take that seed and plant it in your heart and then he waters it and, and you, everybody gets something different. My job is not to make sure that you get saved. My job is not to make sure that you understand and that you receive it. Well, yes, there's an aspect of understanding in the teaching. I got that. But the Holy Spirit is a teacher. Honestly, let's keep it real. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. My job is to simply cast the truth of the word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to take that seed and to plant it in your heart. And that seed should bring forth fruit and grow in your life. Ephesians 4.15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Think about it like this. When you think about spiritual life, you think about growth. Listen, life in any form is equal to growth, and growth is evidence of life. You plant a seed in the ground, and it grows to a full-sized plant. You have a small puppy in your house, and it grows to a full-grown dog. You have a baby in your house, and it grows to become an adult that needs to move. Life is equal to growth. And where there's life, there's growth. Where there's growth, there's life. It's God's plan that you grow to full maturity, spiritual maturity in the church, and then you move on from being a baby that needs to be fed to someone who can feed. Understand something, saints. The church is God's idea, not man. The church is God's idea. I wish y'all wake up. The church is God's idea, not man. Jesus said, upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be. Gathered together in a church setting, a gathering setting, I will be. We are not independent. We are interdependent on one another. We're not to live a life of isolated individualism. Jesus sees us as individuals and collective. When you're saved, you're an individual, and then you're placed in a group. And according to scripture, we need to be meeting together and gathering together in a group. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more 
as you see the day approaching. We need to be gathering together as a church. Now, the Bible, listen, has a lot to say. Interesting Bible study. The Bible has a lot to say about one another's. In the New Testament, there are six one another's negatively and 26 one another positively. Six negatively, six positively of the one another's. In other words, negatively, don't challenge one another, don't complain against one another, don't devour one another, don't envy one another, don't judge one another, don't lie to one another, don't speak against one another. Negatively, positively, accept one another, admonish one another, bear one another's burdens, bear with one another, build up one another, care for one another, comfort one another, Confess your sins to one another, encourage one another, fellowship with one another, greet one another with a holy kiss, honor one another, be hospitable to each other, humble yourselves toward another, be kind and love and be members of one another, pray for one another, be at peace toward one another, have the same mind and seek after that which is good and serve one another and show forbearance to one another and stimulate one another and be subject teach and be tender-hearted toward one another to get the point god wants us christian folk to be about one another and in these one another's y'all stay with me i'm not gonna keep you long in these one another's god is telling us that there will be problems from time to time with one another And that's why some of the one another say, forgive one another, be tenderhearted toward one another, be kind and tolerate one another because we are family. Huh? We are family. And as a family, like all families, you have problems in your family. That's just called family. Amen. I was trying to get deep and profound, and then it just brought me back to family. We're family. We're just family. We, we're family. Well, Sister Sledge sang the song, We Are Family. It's true. I got all my sisters with me. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. <laughs> we are family. And sometimes family, you can't pick your family. Amen. So I bet you wish you could, but you can. Uh, you can't pick your family. It was Chuck Swindoll who said, to dwell above with saints we love, well, that will be grace and glory. To live below with saints we know, well, that's another story. And that's true. To live below with saints we know, it's sometimes difficult to deal with family. But the Bible doesn't ask us to love one another. The Bible commands us to love one another. A third grade Sunday school teacher was given a Bible study lesson on the commandment, honor thy father and mother. And she asked the question, does anyone know a commandment for your brothers and sisters? And a little girl raised her hand and said, thou shalt not kill. (laughs) Amen. Sometimes it isn't easy loving your family we should be about one another. Hebrews tells us, don't forsake. Let me have that verse back again, if you will, please. Don't forsake to assemble yourselves together. And yet there are many Christians who say, well, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian, or I don't have to go to church to worship God, or my church is the great outdoors. I've heard it all. 
Well, listen, first of all, the church isn't the great outdoors. The church is the people. We are the body of Christ, the church of the living God. And if we fail to gather in worship and fellowship, then we miss the opportunity to obey the scriptures that tell us that we are to gather together and stir each other up to good works. And if we don't do that, then we're disobeying God's word. And I think it's unfortunate that too many Christians, listen to me, too many Christians come to church with a consumer mentality. What are you talking about, Willis? A consumer mentality. In other words, they see themselves as the consumer of a product. The product is worship. The product is preaching. The product is children's ministry. The product is youth ministry. Whatever it is that they think that they need. You know, they're like price shoppers looking for a brand that's cheaper. And so they attend the church as long as they need to until they find a brand that's cheaper or a ministry that offers them more than what they think they're already getting. It's an interesting dynamic that's happening in the church today. Listen, how about this? How about this? How about in 2017, we change that mentality from consumer mentality to the mentality of, I come to church because I'm going to use my gifts to be a blessing to the body of Christ, and I'm going to allow God to work in me so that I can be a blessing to other people, and in turn, they will use their gifts to be a blessing to me. How about that? How about in 2017, we change that, huh? And you get committed and get involved in one church. You know, some people are professional church hoppers. Aren't they professional church hoppers? You see them every three months and you go, hey, how you doing, man? How's things going? Hey, how's, how's things going in church? Uh, how's things, yeah, you've been in that church? Yeah, well, we, we moved to another church. And you see them three months later, hey, how's things going? Uh, how's things how's going at that church? Oh, yeah, well, we, you know, we decided to change church. They are professional church hoppers. Listen, God doesn't want you to be a professional church hopper. Find a church that is teaching the word of God. That is the number one thing. Don't find a church that has good music. And don't get me wrong. I love good music. I love good. Listen, I, amen. If you are skilled in what you do, amen. Please, by all means, let us know. Join the worship team. If you are unskilled, please do not tell us. <laughs> amen. But you don't find a church. You don't look for a church because they have good music. And many people make this mistake. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You look for a church that's teaching the word of God, that is true to this book. I need two people to clap your hands and say amen right there. That's true to this book. People that, a church that loves this book, that's how you look for a church, and you stay there, and you serve, and you give them your gifts, and you find yourself blessed there. John Wesley's rule of conduct, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Think about this. If you don't go to God's house, then why should God come to your house? Think about that. If you don't go to God's house, that was a revelation to me yesterday, by the way. If you don't go to God's house, why should God come to your house? 
If you don't like being around Christians or gathering together here on earth, what makes you think you're, matter of fact, I'll say it like this. If you don't like going to church and you don't like gathering together and fellowshipping with Christians here on earth, you're going to hate heaven. And I'm going to know that you don't like to be around Christians. And everywhere I see you in heaven, I'm going to come up and bother you. I'm going to hunt you down. You're going to be standing there worshiping at the throne. Worthy, worthy, worthy. I'm going to go, hey, how you doing? If you don't like Christians here on earth, you're going to hate heaven. So we need to gather together. We need to come to church. Church cannot be a secondary thing in your life. In other words, and some people, I know I'm not talking to anybody here because you're here, okay? But some people to church to them is like, well, if I get there. Well, if you go to church tomorrow, well, you know, it depends on how I feel in the morning. You know, if I have a headache or, you know, maybe I sip my tea too long and the time gets by. I mean, you know, blase, 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 blase. God does not listen. God is not blessed when you show up. Some people act like that, don't they? Like when they come in, like God's going, oh, 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, they're here, they're here. Oh, yeah, 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 they're here. No, no, God's not blessed that you're here. You should be blessed that you are here because God is here. Because God is here. We should be committed to the one another's. I don't have time to talk about the point number two and the point number three. I just leave you with this. Can I encourage you? January 2017, right now, determine that you're going to get involved in church. That you're going to make it a, 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 a point and a practice an habitual practice that you will not miss church, that church is not something that, that is secondary in your life. You know, it blesses me. I think I, I heard it uh, maybe last week or something. Somebody told me they got off the airplane and literally got in their car and came straight to church to make it for third service. And I thought that really blessed me. Because that's the heart that we need to have, that we want to be in the house of the Lord. 2017... How about a New Year's resolution that you're going to get involved in the church? Ask God where he would have you. If you play an instrument, listen, I'll tell you, we are right now looking for people who play an instrument. We need some more musicians. It's really interesting. I've been doing this now for 21 years. See people come. God raises up people, establishes the ministry, and then they go, and then somebody else goes, and then because God's calling them to go over here and God's calling them to go over there, and then God wants now to do a new thing here. So now he wants to raise up other people. So, And I think he's doing that, and I think he wants to do that. And I think there's some of you even in this audience right now that you have giftings that you need to be using for the body of Christ. We're looking for people who play an instrument, a guitar, a bass, and might I add, people who are skilled in their instrument. <laughs> Amen. You, I got to put that in there. Bold, underscore, highlight, capital letters, skilled, okay? I, or, or if you sing, 
We, we need worship leaders. We need people that can sing and that they have a heart. Here's the most important thing, that they have a heart for God and for the things of God. Not just so that they can play their instrument and sing or that they can sing. Not just that, but that they have a heart of God or that they like to be heard. But that you really have a heart for God. And again, that you are skilled. Come on, say it with me. Skill. What y'all learned at church today? Skill. There you go. Not, not like, like in the shower, like, uh, no, not that. Amen. No, we're not looking for that. We need somebody skilled. In the worship team, do you realize that, and you don't, every time the doors open in this church, every time, and honestly, we open Pretty much every day, except Saturday. We need worship. Every time. Women's ministry, they need worship. Men's ministry, need worship. Children's ministry, need worship. One step, our addictions ministry, need worship. There is some place, maybe God hasn't called you to be on the main stage, but there's somewhere you fit in. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.